Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on government funding. Number two, how the top two leaders in the Senate are pushing for Ukraine funding. And number three, the latest on that possible tax deal from the vault. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are leading Punchbowl News AM with a look at the unenviable position that Speaker Mike Johnson finds himself in as he tries to find a way forward on government funding and the outlook for a a short-term CR appears more likely than not at this point. Yeah, so here's what I would say. Uh, A lot happened yesterday. Um, Really, truly, a lot happened yesterday. Um, And... The uh, the big thing that happened is after we, we reported yesterday in the AM edition that Mike Johnson is going to um, have to come around to the fact that he needs a short-term CR. Like, it's January 10th, funding runs out January 19th, the Appropriations Committee doesn't even have their 302Bs yet, those are the allocations for each spending bill, uh, meaning so there's a big number. Uh, uh, for all the appropriations bills. And then there's each bill, each of the 12 bills has to have an allocation. Um, That's not done yet. Once those are done, then they could fix the bills they've already written and write to to new numbers, whatever. So they don't have those yet. Um, Yesterday morning, John Thune said they want a CR or he would want a CR until March. Uh, So kick all funding until March. Mitch McConnell then said he wants, we need a CR. He didn't even say it's a question. (laughs) Remember, Mike Johnson on November 14th said no more short-term CRs. What is short-term to him? I don't know. That's not, you know, that's, I guess, a big question. We also reported that Johnson's staff had softened on that and started asking people about CRs. So the CR story is getting more and more prominent. Um, now, Johnson is in at least a public state of denial. His staff obviously is thinking about CRs because they've told me that, um, uh, and the leadership has told me that, and Johnson in a Republican conference meeting, or sorry, a Republican leadership meeting yesterday afternoon said, we can't shut down. So... We can't shut down means we need a CR because they're not getting this done by next week. So Johnson, basically, we decided this morning to to go through what Johnson's options are. Um, And I'm going to go through the four and then kick it to you. Basically, the cleanest options to pass a CR next week that would kick all deadlines to March. This is obvious. This is the in normal times. And it's I don't know what normal times even means, but in normal times, Johnson would um, uh, move the deadlines to all those bills until March. It would allow the appropriators to get this done. Um, Basically, this would conservatives would be angry, but they're not voting for these bills anyway. That's number one. Number two, Johnson could pass just one CR to to avert a shutdown next week. Doesn't seem like he's going to do that um, based on people I've talked to in the leadership. Number three. Uh, Johnson could just let the the three bills that are expiring next week shut down. It's tr- it's THUD, Transportation, uh, Housing, Urban Urban Development, Ag, Energy and Water, and Milcon VA. Um, 
I don't think that's a viable option. Johnson saying he doesn't want he doesn't want a shutdown, so like he doesn't get a shutdown out of it. Um, Johnson could just let everything shut down <laughs> March second or sorry February second. Also, he's pitching against a CR, so like, what the hell is he doing here? So, um, Anna, those are the four options. Johnson needs to decide what he need, what he's trying to do. Like, he has a deal, so like. You know, there's no point in pretending like you don't. Um, And so what do you think about all of this? Oh, he's in an unenviable position, right? I think that is the first thing that when you lay out all of his options, none of them are great for him. Uh, I think the real challenge for him is the fact that one, to your point, he said he wasn't going to do any more CRs. I think sometimes that rhetoric happens when lawmakers are trying to push folks forward. Uh, But let's be clear, Republicans didn't spend the month of December trying to pass all of these appropriations bills, right? They didn't stay in, they didn't come in a week early, you know, understanding the deadlines that were clearly apparent that have been out there uh, for months. So they've kind of jammed themselves in some way. Uh, But underscoring all of this, right, you know, whether or not we end up with a short-term CR, which looks more and more likely every single day, the big challenge for Johnson, just as it was for McCarthy, is this right faction that is never going to support these bills. So it's, that's that's kind of the, that, that doesn't matter, but they are already clearly agitated over this, feeling like, you know, Johnson isn't uh, doing everything that he can, is not representing them. And when you have the, you know, possible ouster at any single moment by any single member of Congress, it's really difficult to do your job as a leader. Yeah, that's right. Um it's it's hard either way, right? Um, and uh, uh, I I think listen, I think Johnson's got to move quickly. He can't dilly dally here, or else the Senate's going to send him a CR that that um, that that extends funding until March, and that is a suboptimal, in my view. It's it's a suboptimal um, uh, uh, outcome for the House. They should just figure out what they want. They should do it next week, and Johnson should move on. Um, easy for me to say, but that, you know, I've been watching these things for a while and that's probably the best result for Johnson and the House Republican Conference. Well, kick the can down to potentially March. We shall see. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, an interesting look here by Andrew Desiderio at the fact that you have the top two leaders in the Senate, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, continuing to put pressure urging their colleagues not to lose sight of Russia's ongoing assault of Ukraine. Um, you know, clearly where the Senate is and where the House are when it comes to this very different places. Uh, and that issue has become even more precarious uh, over the last couple of months as the decision to try and find some kind of border immigration package and tie it to uh, that, as well as Israel funding, has basically, you know, I think at this point, all but assuredly meant it, it, it's not going anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon. I, I can't tell. Um, Andrew and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, we felt strongly, myself, Andrew and Brez, that we did a temperature check of sorts on this process, um, uh, on the Ukraine-Israel process. And um, uh, it's obviously tied to border security and um, immigration and... Um, you know, if border and immigration don't happen, Ukraine is in big trouble. Ukraine's in big trouble either way with U.S. funding. I, I think it's becoming very difficult. Um, but 
you know, senators are basically saying we need to get a border deal. And I just think that's increasingly hard. The question is to me is, is there a time where um, Schumer moves the non-controversial stuff, which is non-controversial, meaning most people don't find it controversial. Everyone finds something controversial. There's always someone who finds, you know, something controversial in Congress. Um, is there a time where Schumer moves Israel funding on its own? I think there, there's a chance of that. I, I don't know. Johnson did it last last year um, in a way that didn't make a ton of sense with tying it to domestic spending cuts. But um, it, it is you, the fund. Let me put it. To, let me put it to this. Put it this way: funding for Ukraine is looking increasingly perilous, and um, the question is when will that break? And I mean, it, it, all of this, Anna, just from a a, and we'll get into um, taxes next, but. We are just facing an amazingly busy first quarter of an election year. Um, think of it this way from, from you know, 30,000 feet or whatever. Um, funding could get punted till March. We have the FAA uh, deadline, which, you know, given everything that's happening, happening with Boeing, I wonder if that becomes more high stakes. Uh, and I'm talking about the 737 MAX. Basically, they're having huge problems with that aircraft. Once again, uh, uh, something that they've had problems with in the past. Um, we have Ukraine-Israel border, Taiwan. We'll have now taxes. I mean, this is amazing. It's just, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Just the amount of legislating they're trying to do in an election year. I, I, you know, I, I just find that very interesting, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, let's get into that taxes issue with our number three story of the morning. Uh, Laura Weiss, our reporter for The Vault, has been all over this uh, tax uh, negotiation and kind of the back and forth. Uh, I think both you and I have been skeptical, as well as a lot of people I've been talking to, that this uh, actually results in sh- in a policy short term that actually m- becomes law, but certainly uh, table stakes for the, anything that's going to happen throughout this year, as well as into the 2025, uh, you know, kind of big tax debate with a lot of the ex- expirations happening. Uh, but today could really determine the fate of this highly anticipated bipartisan tax deal. Uh, she runs through what is on the agenda, who is meeting. You've got Senate Finance Democrats meeting. You've got House Ways and Means Committee Republicans meeting. Uh, this is a big deal as, you know, we're they're kind of honing in on what the actual, not only contours, but the specifics of a package could look like. Yeah, let me start with this, Anna. I, I agree with you. Uh, everyone in the leadership is skeptical here. Um, uh, uh, Jason Smith, however, doesn't really seem to care a ton um, because he's moving forward on this deal, which which he cut effectively with um, Ron Wyden, and this this um, uh, this deal effectively uh, restores a bunch of stuff from the the Trump tax cuts and also the child tax credit. Um, I will say, I'll give Laura a shout out. She's hit the ground running. I mean, she's broken every single, all the news on this, she's broken. Um, it's been amazing to watch, uh, how she has, she's just owned this story so far in, in, in three days, which is amazing. A uh, couple questions that we have. Number one, I, the briefings are today. Democrats in the Senate, Republicans in the House are, are getting briefed in their committees on this bill, uh, where is Mike Crapo? <laughs> Which is the interesting thing. Is Crapo for or against this bill? Um, and, and the left is a little bit skeptical-ish about the size of the child tax credit. So 
Uh, a long way to go on this. Everyone shares the skepticism that you and I are hearing. Um, so uh, uh, we'll see how this shakes out, but a, a very interesting story nonetheless. All right. We also have the latest on uh, the efforts by House Republicans to impeach uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, as well as the contempt uh, movement around Hunter Biden in this morning's AM. So if you want to get the debrief on all of that and more, you can sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. If you like the Daily Punch, please share it on social media. Tell your friends. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. Have a great day and stay safe, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.